This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 770 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here. Thanks for joining us for the conclusion of our four-part series on leg protection for your horse. In the first three installments of the series, with the expert help of Elaine Lockhead, we've covered who needs leg protection, why they need it, and the function of the many types of boots available to today's equestrians. This educational series has been produced in cooperation with ThinLine Global, and they've created a special offer just for our listeners. When you go to thinlineglobal.com and purchase any Thinline product, be it protective boots, pads, or other accessories, type the word RADIO in the promo code at checkout and receive 12% off your online purchase. And now I'd like to welcome back Elaine Lockhead. Thank you. It's lovely to be back. In this final installment of our four-part series on Uh, leg protection. We're going to be covering fitting boots, um, how to take care of your boots, and the durability factor with your boots. And Elaine Lockhead from Thinline Global is here to help me out because she seems to know everything boot, and thank goodness she does. So let's cover fit first because unless you get a pair of boots or a set of boots that fit properly, nothing else really much matters. So what should I be looking for in a good fit? The most important thing to look for is to make sure that that boot is not shifting around. If it's, if it's moving and you, it's probably too large, and if the, horse, if the horse boot is moving on the horse's leg, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. The horse is not going to be comfortable, and it could be dangerous if the boot actually shifts down on to the hoof area. Oh, so, golly. Yeah, that so would be, that would be very ugly. Too large. Yeah. We also don't want to go too small. One of the most important things whenever you're applying a, any kind of equine leg protection is you always pull from, if you've got a piece of elastic that closes with a Velcro, you pull the elastic around, close it down on the Velcro, and then generally there's a second Velcro that goes on top of that to secure it. The most important thing to remember is you always pull from the front where the cannon bone is, to the back of the leg. You never pull against the tendon. That's when you get tendon damage. You always pull from the front to the back of the leg and then secure your Velcro. So if your boot is too small and you're pulling really hard and you could just get the fastening thing and you've got a death grip on your horse's leg, he's not going to be very happy about that. No. So we want to just... Try that and make sure that the boot has a reasonable fit. It's not rocket science. You you can have something like a galloping boot or a brushing boot that goes around the whole leg, and it can close on top of itself a little bit, or it can have a little bit of a gap. So it's really a pretty wide range that is an, a tolerable range to use. So you don't have to be really OCD about your boot size most of the time. You kind of want to get in the right neighborhood and you'll be all right if you just look for those things. Make sure the boot's not shifting and make sure that you're not having to pull it extremely tight to get it on. Now, most, most, most companies have sizing charts on their websites. Oh, 
Yeah, and so read the label, right? <laughs> you can read the label and you can measure your horse. Some, I, I, some companies it's very difficult because they will have so many different boot sizes. You know, it's not like helmets. Riding helmets, for instance, you have to have a different helmet size for every eighth of an inch because your helmet has to fit perfectly. Boots are not that way. And if you have to look at a grid with 47 sizes, you probably should stay away from that boot because that means the way it's manufactured is it has to fit exactly. There are many good boots out there that if you kind of get in the neighborhood, it fits well, it'll mold to the horse's leg, it will work perfectly. So that's kind of one thing you might want to look out for. You really don't want to feel like when you go shopping for boots that you just are inundated with choices. Your selective dog has a couple, oh, you know, small, medium, or large. There you go. Um, when you're fitting a boot on a horse, most boots nowadays, the buckles seem to be, a strap with a buckle seems to be out of vogue right now. Most boots seem to close with a Velcro. How do you deal with that little flap of Velcro that the pokey part is longer than the soft, squishy part? Would you recommend trimming them off, or do people tape them down? I wouldn't, well, no, I wouldn't cut them off because then the Velcro tends to fray. Uh Uh-huh. Um, if you're, if when you close your boot, you have, you know, and more than about a quarter of an inch up to a half an inch left over, mm-hmm. and what you've done is you have selected a boot that has an elastic that was too inexpensive and the Ooh. elastic pulls too much. And what happens when you pull, when you have inexpensive elastic, it is no longer elastic because it pulls out to 100% of the pull rate, and then it does nothing. You want a boot that flexes. Think about how much the horse's leg is moving. You need your boot to be able to kind of open and close a little bit as the horse is going. So if you find that you have a lot of Velcro left at the end, you've probably purchased a boot that was, I don't want to say too inexpensive, but you need to make sure that the elastic on the boot is a good sturdy, durable elastic and not something that's thin and is just going to pull out straight and be useless. Yeah, we've all seen that elastic that after a few uses, um, when the elastic is no longer under tension, it gets that kind of wobbly, it looks like an overcooked egg noodle. That's not the elastic you want. No. So if my horse is getting chafe marks on his legs where his boots go, can that be caused by a too tight boot or a too loose boot or both? It could actually be caused by both. It's most likely to be caused by a um, too loose boot, and then you have to take a look at the material inside. Um, there are a lot of materials that chafe the horse's leg. Leather is actually one. We use leather so much in equine products just because that was what was available up until the last 50 years or so. So you find a lot of leather in horse products and then people oil that leather and then the leather is slippery and then it irritates the oil irritates the horse's leg and you get this whole cycle of problems going on and other products like uh, some horses are allergic to or have a reaction to neoprene and some horses have a reaction to latex and some horses 
have a reaction to a lot of the products that go inside of a boot. Um, the easiest product to use is, well, no, almost no horse has a reaction to sheepskin, but that's very difficult for a person to manage in a boot because they tend to get very dirty. But at least that would never chafe and rub. And then, of course, the thin line never chafes and rubs. Very interesting. So look, check into that fit, people. So with um, durability, we touched on that a little bit with the gappy, overcooked egg noodle elastic. What should folks look for in their boots that's going to tell them it's time to replace the boot or have the boot repaired? One of the things I like to do with the boot is find, if you don't have a strike plate on your boot or if there's part of the boot that doesn't have a strike plate on it, if you'll just take your thumb and your finger and squeeze, if you can feel your own thumb and your own finger, then that means the product inside the boot has deteriorated to such a point that it's doing nothing for your horse. So when you touch a boot, if you press down on it, you should not be able to feel your own fingers on either side of the inside of that boot. Cool. I never would have thought of that. Do you recommend if you've got a pair of boots that, let's say, the Velcro bits have worn out? Because sometimes, especially if you have a lot of dirt where your boots live and they have to, they're getting washed a lot and there's a lot of abrasion, can you replace the Velcro safely? Have it taken off by, the, by your local tack repair store and, and new Velcro put on? Well, I suppose you could, but as an American, I can't seem to find anybody who can repair something as cheaply as I can replace it. <laughs> Well, see, right from the right from the manufacturer's mouth, right there you That's go. Right. That's right, exactly. And then, too, you never know. Is somebody going to do an appropriate job? Are they going to sew and create a rub point? Are they going to mm-hmm. sew, not put in stitching that's the way, you know, when we make a boot, we spend years researching how to make that boot and how to make it so that it will not fail. And, you know, a piece of elastic will not break. Something will not give. But one of the important things that the customer has to do to make sure a boot or a bell boot doesn't fail is they have to keep their Velcro clean. You know, if you have a little wire brush or even just a hard dandy brush at your barn when you take your boots off, make sure that you brush out the dirt from the Velcro because if you don't, Velcro doesn't close dirt encased in it. So Velcro and dirt do not get along. No, they don't. But they Which like bring... each other. They like each other. <laughs> there we go. Which, of course, brings us to our next, our, our next and final wrap-up here for uh, a horse's leg care products here. When you take care of your boots, sort of give me Boot Care 101, because there are things that people do to clean their boots which just don't sound like a good idea. Well, I would first say only put leather products on leather. Uh, we see a lot of people who try to put oils on other materials. Like Not a good idea at all. Not, no, it will destroy that product. So only put leather, leather cleaning products on leather. Um, most other products can be used, can be washed with simple soap and water, just kind of a simple detergent. And then pretty much every manufacturer has a special cleaning agent that you can buy. And sometimes that, what that does, if you use that cleaning agent, is that it will extend your warranty on your product. 
So that's often a good idea to invest a little bit in that. But generally, just a little soap and water. Um, some items you can bleach, so you need to check with the manufacturer to make sure that you can add bleach to the wash cycle if you're washing them. And if you're wearing boots, what I do is, you know how you can buy those little laundry bags, um, washing machine? Yeah. And all products have Velcro. Things tend to want to get stuck on each other and things get pulled in the washing machine. So you want to put some put your products maybe in one of those net bags and wash them like that, and generally they're good. And, oh, I forgot one other thing. When you're taking off a boot that has Velcro, make sure that you hold down the bottom Velcro, take off the tab, because if you pull the tab and don't support the underlying Velcro, then what you're doing is decreasing the longevity of your boot because you're going to be pulling against that elastic and pulling against the mainframe of what supports the boot. So always use two hands when you're taking off a boot and pull up your your securing Velcro tab and then pull your Velcro off. All very good points. I love that whole mesh bag idea. Yeah, and you can get them very inexpensively at the uh, the, the myriad of dollar stores that are around. Absolutely, and they're, they'll save you a lot of money just by spending a few pennies on something like yes. that. Yes, and one of the things that I've learned the hard way is I close the Velcro when I put them in the wash so that the boots don't turn themselves into a, a little rat's nest of Velcro attached in all the wrong directions. That's right. <laughs> well, once again, a very informative chat, Elaine. Tell folks where they can find Thin Line on the web and learn more about uh, good quality boots and all the technology that goes into them. You can find us at thinlineglobal.com. Thinlineglobal.com. Does Thin Line have a Facebook page? We do. So you can search on Facebook for Thin Line, all one word? Thin Line, all one word. And it's actually, it's a really fun page and if you are a facebook fan you often get coupons that nobody else gets to see (gasps) top secret and you heard it here on the horse radio network thin line global coupons on the facebook page check it out thanks again elaine and uh, we'll see you around great thank you happy riding and that's a wrap Thanks for listening, everyone, and if you have not yet listened to Parts 1, 2, and 3 of this leg protection series, you can find them at horsetipdaily.com. Just type leg protection in the search bar in the top right-hand corner of the page, and you can also find them at thinlineglobal.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 